Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, Buffalo Fanatics? Josh Allen here. Just wanted to say, uh, go Bills. <laughs> oh, my God. Well... <laughs> Another season comes to a close. And that means, of course, another episode of the smoke break in early to mid to late January, where it's filled with nothing but sorrow. Call it the sorrow break. Although it seems as though we can't get a break from sorrow, can we, Bills Mafia? Thanks for tuning in. Z-Bot here, Monday night, Buffalo Fanatics YouTube channel. Can only mean one thing. It is the smoke break. And as I just said, the season's over. I'm joining you after the last game of the year for the Bills, and that can only mean one thing. Disappointment. And we sure are disappointed today. I don't even know if that is the correct word to sum it up. Frankly, I don't think that there is a word to sum up the atrocity that we witnessed on the field yesterday. In Buffalo, I, I don't think that there is an appropriate word. I think if there's an adjective that you can think of that is synonymous with negative, uh, sad, embarrassing, sickening, pitiful, fill in the blank, that is what yesterday was. Man, oh man, where to begin in this one? An absolutely pathetic showing in the playoffs at home in the divisional against the Cincinnati Bengals, your final from Buffalo, 27 to 10, as the Bills season comes to a close. Wow. Um, Listen, I I thought, you know, (laughs) just bear with me tonight is all I can say, I guess. We're going to take it step by step. And first of all, before we get into anything, I just want to say this. Uh, Thank you all for joining tonight. I, I understand that this is, I mean, there's nothing fun about this. This isn't fun for me. This isn't fun for you. I mean, no one's getting any enjoyment out of this, but you all know that this is the best way to, you know, get it off your chest and then eventually move on. And we will move on. If we can move on from what happened last year in the divisional, then we can move on from this. Although there's a complete, just extraordinary difference between how the season ended last year and how it ended this year. And, you know, I think arguing which one's worse is just a moot point because they both suck. They both end in a way that is um, frankly unforgettable. Really? I'd argue though, that the way that the season ended this year was worse. I think last year was harder to swallow, but in a way, in a way, I think this, this departure might even be worse. 
I think it might even be a harder swallow. I, I just, I don't, I, I don't know. What what did we witness yesterday? What was out on the field yesterday? Wasn't the Buffalo Bills I know over the last handful of years. I mean, what was that? Where do you even begin? I mean, wh- how do you, I, I got, I just, I don't know. I have never in my life wanted a Bills game to end so badly. And it was a divisional playoff game. Oh, boy. Strap in, folks. We got an hour and a half or so, two-hour-long therapy session here. However long we go is, is however long we go. However long you we you know, however long it takes to try and feel a little bit better. So here's where I want to start today. Tweeted this out last night. And like anything you put online, some people get it. Some people don't. Some people are in agreement with you. Some people aren't. Some people completely misunderstand what you're trying to say. They take it a completely different direction. That's the internet for you, right? That's it's, it's, it's the way it is. Um, so tweeted this out last night, and this is you know like anything else in the middle of these games. It, it's just a it's an emotional roller coaster. Although yesterday it was more of a it was more of a one way trip to misery than it was a roller coaster. There really were no ups and downs. It was just one straight drop all the way down to to rock bottom is what it felt like. And you think at the, you think back on this season and how it started. The Bills go into the year after an incredible off season. And they come into the 2022 season as the Super Bowl favorites. Josh Allen comes into the season as the MVP favorite. The Bills are the one who have the, the target on their back despite losing in the divisional. It wasn't the Chiefs that had the target on their back despite making the AFC Championship for the fourth year in a row, now the fifth year in a row. Despite the Bengals with an incredible story making the Super Bowl. They didn't. They came in doubted this year for some reason. Everybody, and frankly, including myself, thought they went on a miracle run last year and it wasn't going to be able to be duplicated. Boy, was I wrong. And the majority of people with the same sentiment, you know, couldn't have been more wrong, right? But it was the Bills. You bring in Von Miller. You put together the showing you put out on display in Arrowhead last year. And they became the team that everybody just thought was going to win it this year. There's no other way to put it. So I said, I tweeted this out. I said, it's sad when you reflect on how much time you spend investing in this team for a year like this one to end the way it did. I said, it's honestly pathetic when you look in the mirror. Now, I think I was a bit harsh on pathetic. If I could go back and reword that, I would say it's a gut punch. It's a reality check. Looking in the mirror, it was a blatant reality check. When you reflect on the amount of time that you put in to this team as a fan, financially, emotionally, um, your time, right? You put in so much. And that's because, you know, we're fans. We absolutely love it. Caroline's coming in here to tell me the feed is freezing. Of course it is. Yours is fine. What, what's this? But it's not freezing on your end? <laughs> you know. Is she? Okay. Anyhow, let's start from the beginning. 
apologies if it's freezing. I got home five minutes ago. And, and I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So let's just start from the beginning. Like, I wish we could start from the beginning yesterday. Unfortunately, we can't. I have the power to start from the beginning. Let's start from the beginning. Tweeted this out. I said, it's sad when you reflect on how much time you spend investing in this team for a year like this one to end the way it did. I said, it's honestly pathetic when you look in the mirror. I think I'd change pathetic to an absolute hardcore reality check. Because I would go on to say, there's absolutely nothing pathetic about being a fan. As you know, look at the back of my wall here, okay? There's nothing pathetic about being a fan. We absolutely love our Bills. But this is why this game compared, or this season rather, compared to every other season, I've never felt so dumb in my life being a Bills fan. I felt stupid yesterday. Felt like a fool. And today I still feel like a fool. I feel like a moron. And here's why. I bought into all of it. The off-season favorites, the Super Bowl favorites, the Josh Allen MVP. And we've had this conversation on here a million times. They come out into the season on fire, absolutely living up to those expectations, and then some. Destroying L.A., destroying the Titans, destroying Pittsburgh. Offense absolutely humming like it was last year's postseason. Defense balling out. Josh Allen as good as ever. There was no reason to not believe that all the offseason hype was accurate. I had even said on this show, I had even gone as far as to say, perhaps it wasn't enough. That's how good these bills looked. And we watched the season go on. And the bills, after about around the time of the Chiefs game, right? Distinctly, I remember things starting to feel different in the second half of the Packers game, to be completely specific. But either way, despite not looking nearly as good to kick the year off, this team going into yesterday was on an eight-game win streak. They lost three games all year by a combined eight points. They were not an underdog in one single game this entire season. They were favored to win every single game. They were the Super Bowl favorite almost all the way up until the end of the year where they got backed up by one or two slots. I think the Chiefs took over at one point or the Eagles, whatever. They were top three to win it all the whole year. Three losses all year by a combined eight points. And they were winning in different ways. And that, to me, despite them not playing their best football, was encouraging because it showed me even when they're not having their best day, even when Josh Allen might be turning the ball over or the defense had a rough outing or they couldn't get the ball to Stephon Diggs or they couldn't run the ball, they couldn't stop a wide receiver one, they couldn't stop the opposing running back, whatever. It just seemed like no matter what happened, the Bills found a way to win. No matter what. There were, there were causes for concern all year, of course. Something just didn't seem right. And then, of course, you add on all the things that this Bills team had to overcome. Just an unbelievable list of things that this team had to face from the beginning of the year all the way up until the end. Take all of that into consideration, yet they still found a way. They were overcoming, right, every single week. 
this team after last season, right? You have the, the, the ending of the season the way you did. And you just felt in that game, man, they lost that game. But I, I don't think I'm not angry. Is my heart just shattered into a million pieces? Of course. I, I am absolutely shattered right now. That I, I don't think any, any of us will ever get over that game. Of course, we've moved on. But when you think back on it, you're never going to fully get over the loss to the Chiefs, right? But at least in that game, you couldn't be angry. You looked at it and said, man, the 13 seconds, yeah, that was a defensive debacle. But my God, did Josh Allen not just play one of the best one of the best performances we've ever seen in the postseason? Did they do everything in their power to, to win that game? Did they absolutely ball out, entertaining as hell? I mean, they, they looked like a team that belonged. And they, they carry that momentum into this season, becoming the favorites, dominating early on, and going on to only lose three games by a combined eight points. And the, and the end result to a season like this with all these expectations was a three-point wildcard victory against third-string backup quarterback Skylar Thompson and a three-score loss at home to the Bengals. All the hype on this team this year, all the promise, all the excitement we had, we bought into it. And that's why I felt stupid today. Felt stupid yesterday, all, all, all game. Because let's be honest, this game was easier to swallow than last year because you had four hours to, to come to terms with it. That game was over in the first quarter. Bengals march down the field, score with ease. Bills get the ball, three and out. Bengals get the ball, march down the field with ease. Bills get the ball back, three and out. That game never, ever, ever was close. 14 points in that game felt insurmountable. 14 points in that game felt like 50. And a 27 to 10 loss felt like it was 50 to 10. The Bills never had a chance in that game. So unlike last season, you had you had basically three and a half to three quarters to come to terms with it. And you knew, you kind of knew right, right before half when they hit Gabe Davis down the sideline for the play of the day and they can't even turn that into three points before the half, you knew. But the reason I feel like I felt I feel this way, I feel so, I just feel dumb, is I invested so much, and we all do this, right? You invest a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of emotion into this team, and it's because we love this team. I think about it like this. I have a lot of things in my life that I absolutely love. I have an amazing girlfriend. I have an amazing family. Amazing parents, great friends, great home. Love what I do for work. Love doing this with you guys. I have so many things in my life that I love. It's not just football. But one of the things that I love the most in life is football. And you guys feel the same way too. Because if you didn't love football so much, you wouldn't be tuning in to the smoke break on Monday night, especially after that trouncing yesterday. Why are you tuned in here? Not to look at this mug. I'll tell you that. You're not in here for your health. You're in here because you love Buffalo Bills football, win, lose, or draw. You love it. You're a bot. It's an extension of you.
the Buffalo Bills is an extension of you, as it is with me. It's not my whole life. I will get over this. We all will get over this. But it's a big part of our life. Bills football is a big part of our life. And there's no reason to feel shame in allowing a game like yesterday to make you feel upset, to make you feel just, I don't know, empty inside. Because to me, yesterday, it felt like a smack in the face to the fan base. It felt like an absolute smack across the face, to me at least. That's what it felt like. Because a team with that much promise, a team who had us all bought in, a team that has gone from the dredges of the league to this point. All they had to show for it this year was a trouncing at home. At home. Against a team missing three of their starting offensive linemen. In your wildest dreams, could you have imagined this season? Because we all thought the only adequate way that this... Let me me just pause for a second, okay? There's 32 teams in this league. There's 32 teams in this league. 31 fan bases at the end of the year are going to be beyond disappointed. And I personally understand that even though the Bills were as good as they were and they were the Super Bowl favorites, if you look at those FPI rankings or whatever, even when the Bills were the odds-on favorite to win the Super Bowl, they still were only, they still only had, what, a 22% chance to win it? So even when they were the favorite, you still have a 78% chance to not win it. So as a fan, especially a Bills fan, because you've never even, I mean, if you're at my age, you've never even seen them make the big one, much less win it, because that hasn't happened. But you understand, even though they're as good as they are, there's a very good chance that they're not going to either make the Super Bowl or if they get there, win the Super Bowl. Right? So it's not that they lost. Many people going into yesterday were aware of the fact that the Bills could lose to the Bengals. The Bengals are a hell of a great team. They're a better team than Buffalo. By far, we saw it yesterday. No debate. Right? But, It's the way they lost. And that's what makes me feel so stupid today. And that's when that, why that, when that game ended, I just felt like a fool. I bought into all the hype. I invested all this time and energy and whatnot into this team. And of course I would do it again. I'll do it again next year, of course. Right. But to have them go out like that. And that's the crazy thing. And that's, and that's of course the, the, the blessing and the curse of football. Right? That's the blessing and the curse. Because you can have a hell of a season, enjoy 17 weeks of football, and then in one week in January, the whole thing means nothing. Like Josh Allen said in his post-game interview, what happened earlier in the season is null and void. And that's absolutely correct. I had people coming, and this is back to my tweet that I tweeted out. I had people coming at me saying, it's still a great year. You know, it was way worse back in the day. I am jealous of people with that thought process. I'm not here to tell you how you should be after a loss. Everybody reacts differently. I'm not going to be on my high horse telling you that you shouldn't care about this, that you should move on, or that you should be dramatically upset the way I am. And I know a lot of you, I'm not going to tell you how to react to a loss. That's up to you. 
that's up to you. That's just how you are. I, unfortunately, just the way I'm wired, the way I was brought up with this team, I don't know what it is, but I don't have the luxury of just saying, ah, we'll get them next year. Because next year is starting to, it's starting to evaporate a little bit, folks. Think about the trajectory that this team has been on. They go from the AFC championship and get absolutely destroyed. Then to the divisional, lose a very close heartbreaker. And then get absolutely demolished in the divisional. The trend they're on is this. Where everybody thought it was going up, it's actually going down. And look across the league, especially in the AFC. These teams are only going to get better. Jacksonville, on the rise. If, if the Jets get a quarterback in their, in their system, on the rise. Miami, if they can figure things out at the quarterback position, on the rise, right? And the Bills have a hell of a lot of people to either re-sign, bring back in, make a decision on. These things aren't routine. The Bills aren't going to have this window open as long as you think so. And that's why everybody thought it was either last year or this year. Last year really felt like it, right? the more you look back on it, because they were way closer last year than this year. They didn't belong on that field yesterday. You look around the NFL this past weekend in the divisional playoffs, and the only team that you could make a fair comparison to Buffalo is the New York Jets, or excuse me, the New York Giants. Look across the entire league this past weekend. Look across all eight teams that made it to the divisional. Which team looked most similar to the Bills this past weekend? The New York Giants, the team who was just happy to be there. The team who just won a a playoff game for what? The first time in a decade. They were just stoked to be in the dance, baby. Team was just stoked to be there. Anything else was just gravy. And the Bills, the odds on favorite, a six point favorite at home in front of our crowd with all the momentum that they seem to have emotionally, and then, of course, just being in Buffalo, the added motivation to try and avenge what happened last year, they just didn't even show up. They didn't show up. If they had lost yesterday, like they did to the Chiefs last year, if they lost going down swinging, you know, final drive, just couldn't get it done, you know, Try a last minute drive trying to trying to win or tie the game just didn't happen or T Bass misses a field goal. It's it sucks. Of course it sucks, but you live with it because you understand, man. The Bengals are a hell of a good team. Last year was not an anomaly. The Bengals are a better team than Buffalo, and you would just swallow it, right? Because it's hard to win in this league, and the Bengals are a damn good team, right? Instead, though, not only was it not close in that they got blown out. There wasn't one moment in that game yesterday, arguably, to get excited about. There was nothing to root for. There wasn't one positive to take away from that game yesterday. Nothing. And now you got to sit on that till September. Outside of DeMar Hamlin being in that stadium yesterday, I would, I would implore you to find me one positive to take away from that game yesterday. It was unwatchable. I could not wait for that game to be over. It was the most uninspired, seemingly at least. It was uninspired. It was just heartless. My girlfriend has watched me a collective six football games in her life. She texted me yesterday. They just look like they aren't even trying. That's how blatant it was. My girlfriend, she, she barely knows what the yellow line means on the field. 
In fact, I don't even think she does know what it means. And she texts me saying, they just look like they don't care. And that's exactly what it looked like. And it blows my mind because how? That is the complete opposite of this team. It was so out of character. And I got to be honest, I don't get it. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't add up. How did that happen? They looked unprepared. They looked just completely unmotivated. And they just looked like they didn't belong. And this is not just a team like back in the Tyrod days that backed into the playoffs and we were just stoked to be there. This is a team that was favored to win it all. And you would be fine. I mean, you, you, you would accept the fact that if they go down, they go down swinging. That's why last year, why do you think even though they lost in the divisional, they had, they still had all this hype going into this year. Because of the way that they lost. I mean, think about it. The Bills played so good last year against the Chiefs in the divisional that even though they lost, it propelled them to be the Super Bowl favorites. It propelled them to get the opening game against the Rams. Right? That's how good they played despite losing. And now in this game, it's at home. DeMar Hamlin's in the building, and everybody's playing that up, right? Everybody. And you'd think, and you'd think rightfully so, too. I mean, this team's got to be inspired, right? After all that, man, he's in the building. This is incredible. The fact that he's out of the hospital, much less in this game, I mean, I mean in this stadium, this is amazing. You're six-point favorites. You're at home. And let's be honest, we're lucky that game was in Buffalo. Frankly, it probably should have been on a mutual field or, as we know now, had that game have transpired in Cincinnati, who knows where that game wound up being yesterday. It, regardless, that doesn't matter. The, the ultimate conclusion, the game was in Buffalo. Didn't matter. The Bills were the only home team in the divisional round to lose. The only one. And you start to wonder, because we think that the Bills have this window, right? We think that the Bills have this Super Bowl window, and if Josh Allen's on this team, it's just going to remain open, and it's just a matter of when they can figure out how to get through it, right? That's what we think. Look around right now. The Bills are actually separating themselves the opposite way from these top teams. What? And, and this is why I have a tough time putting a lot of this blame on Josh Allen. Josh Allen, uh, not good yesterday. Didn't look like himself at all, much less the, the version of him we've seen in the playoffs. Josh Allen just, I mean, he, he was as out of it yesterday as the rest of them, right? But think about, this is why I have a tough time getting on his case. Think about how far they, they were exposed yesterday. And this is why I have a tough time with it. Think about how far they got because of him. Look at these teams moving on to championship weekend. Philadelphia, Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders, AJ Brown, Dallas Goddard, an unbelievable defense, a top tier O-line. Look at San Francisco, who is moving on to the divisional with a third string rookie quarterback. Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, what the best defense in the league, right? Kansas City, their scheme is so good that Chad Henney can come in and lead a 99-yard drive. Patrick Mahomes can come back in the game with one leg and win it. They lose Tyreek Hill, who cares? We'll just get better. All of a sudden, our run game's elite. All of a sudden, our short passing game is elite. They got it all. And then you look at Cincinnati, T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Mixon, 
There's no excuse. Except, you think we, and this is where I feel so stupid, I guess. The bill, we, we, we got sold a bill of goods by everybody and we bought into it because the bills just kept winning. And I think maybe in the back of our mind, we knew, man, something ain't right here, but we really couldn't, we couldn't really accept it because they never really, they just didn't lose. I keep saying it three games all year. They lost by a combined eight points and they won every other one of them in a variety of different ways. So we never really had the, the, the ability to, to say, man, woof, you know, cause they just kept winning. But yesterday it all came to a head, right? People were saying this about the Minnesota Vikings all year, right? They won 11 games by one score. Everyone was saying they were going to get exposed. Go out against the Giants, who got their ass handed to them by Philly. And Daniel Jones looks like a Hall of Famer. They go up and down the field. They beat Minnesota on the road. And don't you sit here and think today, wow, the Bills are probably a bit closer to Minnesota than they are to Philly and San Fran and the Chiefs. Because let's just, can we just come, can we just, be honest with ourselves. The Bills are not on the level of the Chiefs and the Bengals, okay? Let's take a look at these franchises and then compare them to the Bills. Over the last decade, the Philadelphia Eagles have made numerous NFC championships and have won a Super Bowl. Okay? The San Francisco 49ers, with Jimmy Garoppolo and Brock Purdy, have been to numerous NFC championship games and have made a Super Bowl. The Kansas City Chiefs are now moving on to their fifth straight AFC championship. We are in the midst of an all-time dynasty with the Kansas City Chiefs. Fifth straight. And then the Cincinnati Bengals, a team who a little over two years ago was one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're now moving on to their second straight AFC championship with an opportunity to move on to their second straight Super Bowl. And these Buffalo Bills that we kept telling ourselves was the best team in the league, throughout the era here in which they've been touted as one of the best teams in the league, all they have to show for it at the maximum level is an absolute trouncing in Arrowhead in one AFC championship appearance. They're the only team of these teams moving on to have not made multiple championship games. They're the only team to have not made a Super Bowl. And I guess it, it, it probably, it, it, I guess it takes, it takes a harsh dose of reality to realize what a lot of other people have been saying this whole time. And what they've been saying is I'll believe it when I see it. We get on guys like Nick, Wright, And I understand they, they do it in a way that's just insufferable. And that's why we don't buy into it. But I mean, can we be transparent here? Why would you believe in it? Why? These other teams are actually doing it. The Bills aren't. And in a year where it was supposed to just be their year, I mean, think about it. Everything. The, the turmoil this season. The way they were winning games, overcoming an endless amount of adversity. I mean, it just felt like it was destiny. And they don't even show up in the divisional. People are getting on Stephon Diggs 
saying he's a diva or whatever, getting mad. He's the only guy. I, I got more respect for Stefan Diggs today than anybody else. I'm glad to see the guy pick his shit up and walk the hell out of there. That's what I would have done. What do, you, what, do you, what do you want him to do? What do you want Stefan Diggs to do? Put on his suit and tie and hit the podium and, and all, all smiles and giggles? At least you know the guy cares, man. Thank God you got a little emotion there. Because frankly, there wasn't a whole lot in the field. And what did Stefan Diggs, he, Diggs tweeted it out today. It's funny because I was going to say that on the show and, and he just said it for me. Diggs goes on Twitter today. He says, want me to be okay with losing? Nah. Want me to be okay with our level of play when it's not up to the standard? Nah. Thank you, Stefan Diggs. He's the voice of the people right there. Anybody getting on his case, I, I got nothing for you. I'm sorry for you that that's the way you see things. And Diggs put it perfectly. It's easy to criticize my reaction more than the result. You're damn right it is. Everybody's been waiting since Diggs left Minnesota. Everybody's been waiting to have a reason to call him a diva. That guy gives a shit right there. It's three straight years now where Stephon Diggs has gotten all this way just to get pissed on. And he probably looks across the way and see Jamar Chase take over that game and says to himself, man, they're not even drawing up plays for me to get to get targets, much less make an impact on this game. I mean, Dix had four catches for 35 yards yesterday. I'm not even mad. I'm disgusted. I, it's, it's weird. I'm already over this game. I know it seems like I'm mad. It's probably really stupid for me to say I'm not mad because it seems like I'm mad. I'm just, I, I, I'm in disbelief. That's the best way to put it. I am just stunned. And maybe I shouldn't be. Maybe I shouldn't be. After you give up a 17-point lead last week to a rookie head coach and a third-string rookie quarterback, and it takes you all the way to the end to beat them by three points, maybe the writing was on the wall. Frankly, it probably was, and we once again just refused to believe in it. We had no choice but to believe in it yesterday. But I'm telling you now, if someone told you in the beginning of the year, hey, you know what? The Bills aren't winning it all this year. Your understanding of that, right? Why wouldn't you be? They never have. But if somebody told you the Bills are going to get absolutely embarrassed at home after only losing three games all year by a combined eight points. They're going to lose by 17. The game's never going to be remotely close. The defense is going to get absolutely shredded. The offense is not going to have an answer for anything. They're not even going to be able to move the ball. They're going to put up 10 points. When's the last time the Bills scored less than 17 points? I, I can't even remember. Do you remember? The only time I remember the Bills looking this bad was last year in a meaningless regular season game at home against the Colts. During the Josh Allen era, this is as bad as this team has ever looked, and it was in the biggest spot in their biggest year. And everybody out there who says, you know, we'll get them next year. We've been saying that our whole lives. And I understand you got to keep it positive, and I'm going to be right back here with you next year. I'm, I'm here every year. I'm not going anywhere. But it's not that easy. Everybody else is getting better. And the Bills are arguably getting worse. And they got to hang on to that all year, all offseason. 
that's the last we see it. I mean, at least last year, yeah, it was a loss. But, God, like I keep saying, it was so good. It was so good that even though you had to you had to just carry that heartbreak with you until the season started, you felt so excited about the future. Do you feel excited today? Is there anything about yesterday that has you excited about anything? And that's the sad part, man. And that's why I just, I feel dumb. I feel dumb for not seeing this coming. Frankly, I don't know how you could have. There's people who did. But I guess the, the main reason why I just feel, I don't know. I, I, I just, I feel dumb because I truly thought it was different, man. And like I keep saying, it's not because they lost. You know, I, I, I tweet this out, that, that tweet I said. And I go back to what I was saying earlier. Not everybody's like me. Frankly, you shouldn't be. This is not the way you probably want to be, where the games mean this much to you. But I know that that's the reality for way too many of us. We got just about 500 people in here. I imagine 95% of you are like me, man. Or else you wouldn't. Why else would you be watching this? You, you wouldn't be. And that's how I know it. And that's why it's better to say it to you guys instead of probably taking it to Twitter because you're opening yourself up to people that, you know, they, they, they don't share the same thought process. And that's fine. If you're somebody that's a fan, but, it, you know, it, yesterday it just it doesn't bug you, that's, I, I'm jealous of you. I can't emphasize that enough. I'm jealous of those people that can watch what happened yesterday and just say, eh. So many things hit me at once yesterday. So many things. It shows you how irrelevant, absolutely irrelevant the regular season is for this team now. Because they just went out and won 13 of 16 games that they played, and it, what did it matter? What did it matter? They had to scratch and claw to get by Skylar Thompson in a game at home where they were two touchdown favorites. And then they follow that up being a touchdown favorite, and they get bullied, destroyed. They get embarrassed on their own field without even having a remote chance in that game from almost the first kick. And then you realize, you know, you realize, man, th there could be some guys on this roster right now that, that they ain't coming back, man. This team isn't going to be the same. You realize, wow, you know, we were right there last year. didn't happen. This was the year and that happened. You realize what all the other teams seem to be doing while the Bills aren't. You realize you got to wait a whole other eight months to see this team again, and the last time you do see them was that. You think back to when the season started and all the excitement you had, and then you think back to literally, what, 18, 19 weeks of watching this team, and that is all that's left to show for the whole season. I just... And that's why I guess I feel dumb. Let's get to some super chats. Let's start from the top. Apologies for taking this long to get there. <clears throat> Life with ASAP. He comes in. First super chat. He's saying, serious question. Has McDermott reached his ceiling? All right. 
This seems to be the hot button topic. Okay. And I'm not, and I've told you this about Dorsey. I'm not the guy after a Bills loss to hop on Twitter and say, fire the, fire the whole squad, fire the team, you know, fire everybody, sell the team, fire uh, anybody with any remote, um, uh, remotely impactful position on this team, fire anybody in charge of calling plays, right? I'll just say this. McDermott, he's not, he, he's, he's, he's not going anywhere, okay? But I'll say this. You're, um, you're, you're naive, if you don't think McDermott's seat just got a little warm, not saying it's on fire, not saying the seat is hot. You're naive. If you think that the Pagulas aren't looking around at what's getting it done in this, in this league, you're not, you're naive. If you think after watching the bills now get bounced three straight years, two games in which they lost by multiple scores, one game last year where you could argue a lot of that came down to late game coaching, whatever. I, I, I mean, I, I, I try to rule out last year because the game was such an anomaly. I just don't know what else they were really supposed to do. They just played so well. But either way, y- y- you now have teams that were in rebuilds, like the, the Philadelphia Eagles last year, the Cincinnati Bengals two years ago, the San Francisco 49ers with a third-string quarterback. You don't think that the ownership is looking around and seeing these teams get to where the Bills want to get, and now it's been six straight year or however many years it's been now this is this was McDermott's sixth year and they've made the playoffs five or six years I love coach McDermott leader of men that guy you can just tell McDermott nobody cares more than him he's a phenomenal guy I just I love McDermott and I don't want McDermott to go anywhere personally but I'm not I'm not I'm not um I'm I'm not dishonest i have to be realistic with myself and if you don't think what was displayed yesterday did not make mcdermott's seat which was ice cold if you don't think it warmed up that seat a little bit i think you're naive he's not going anywhere don't anticipate a coaching change but i'm just saying you know what happens next year just just hypothetically what happens next year if this same thing happens because you know People think Josh Allen's going to be here forever, right? People think Josh Allen's going to be able to throw 80-yard bombs and leap over people until the end of time. The sad reality is those windows, before you know it, are all of a sudden, wow, what happened, okay? We all know that the NFL is like dog years. This isn't going to be what it is now forever. And if the same thing happens next year, what do you expect to happen? You expect things to all of a sudden just be different when you have this many sample sizes to base it off of? I'm just saying. McDermott's safe for now, and he should be. I just think you're naive if you don't think the seat is a bit warm. It's not hot. It's not on fire. He's not going anywhere. I just think people today in charge, they're thinking a bit more, whereas they weren't thinking about it at all previously. And you got to be honest with yourself. If you're like me and you love McDermott, right? You have to be honest with yourself. Would you not want them to be a bit concerned about what we saw yesterday? Because it would be more concerning if they weren't concerned. John Stockton coming in here. Is this the end or will will we be back next year? Josh Allen's the QB. And you know know that you're always going to get the most valiant effort you possibly can when Josh Allen's your QB. I also think that McDermott 
back to, you know, talking about McDermott, he does everything in his power that he believes is putting this team in a position to win. I don't think McDermott is, I, I don't know how to describe it. If you don't think he wants to win or is trying to win, you know, you're wrong, right? You can never rule this team out. So I'm not going to say, you know, this is the end. I'm also not going to say, you know, we'll be back to being the Super Bowl favorites next year. I, I don't know what to make of any of this. Because if the game had ended in a loss, but at least you could say, man, you know, they gave it everything and it just fizzled out, then I would confidently say, hell yeah, they'll be back next year. I got no reason to think otherwise. But that that's the problem with what we saw yesterday. Now your whole thought process is completely flipped. How can you have any confidence after what we saw yesterday? There was nothing that you left with from that game thinking, man, you know, we'll be back. In all these teams, they think they'll be back, right? The Atlanta Falcons, they're up 28-3 to in the Super Bowl. They blow the lead. You don't think that they left that game saying, man, we should have had it, but we'll be back. They never come even close since. New Orleans Saints losing the Minneapolis Miracle. Ah, man, we should have had that one. We'll be back. Haven't been close since. You don't think after Aaron Rodgers, right, wins one Super Bowl. All of Green Bay saying, man, with this guy, how many Super Bowls are we going to win? Can we even fit them on our hands? Haven't He's never won one again and probably never will. Everybody thinks it's just going to happen again until it doesn't. I mean, you don't think after the Bills in the 90s, oh, you know, this, this organization's too good. All they do is win. They just got to get over the hump. And then a 17-year drought ensues. So there's no, there's no answer to that. There just isn't. Whereas I think yesterday, at least you would have the confidence to think there was an answer. Today, jury's out, man. Jury's out. Because as, as much as I love this team and as much as I want to say, hey, you know what? It, it sucks. You'll be back. Because there's, there's different ways you can look at it. I know I just brought up a few examples, but I can also bring up the Kansas City Chiefs who make the Super Bowl a couple of years back against the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they got their ass kicked. I mean, they got embarrassed, destroyed. Nobody saw that coming. They were right back, right? Right back last year in the AFC Championship, right back again this year. So, you know, it, it can happen. I just, the Bills aren't the Kansas City Chiefs, man. They're not. They're not nearly as good. Yeah, they beat them this year. They beat them once last year. But we now see, okay, in the playoffs, the Bills, the, the three teams, there's three teams in the AFC that most would consider to be the top of the, the top of the conference, right? The Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs. The Bills have now played those two teams three consecutive years in the playoffs. They've lost all three of them, all three of them. Where is the argument today that the Bills belong in that conversation to be considered better than those teams, much less on the same level? Where's your argument? And that's coming from a guy who would want to, who would cut my own arm off to have that be the reality. The truth is it just isn't, man. Thank you for all the super chats, by the way. Let's keep scrolling through. Man. I just, I mean, that's the other thing too. You know, you sit here, you're one day removed. I mean, this is, this, this is the last, this is the lingering thought for six, seven months, man. This is what, and Josh Allen, God bless him. He said it perfectly. We're out to win a, a world championship. The rest of this season is null and void. So I understand. I, I love the optimism out there because once again, to, to repeat myself, I am truly jealous of you being able to look at that game and say, yeah, God, you know what? That sucked. But man, what a fun year. I, I just, I wish I was wired that way. I'm not. 
Josh Allen isn't either. You think they give two rats asses about winning 13 of the 16 games they played? Do you think they give two shits about winning another AFC championship? Do you think they give a damn about beating Skylar Thompson in the wild card? They don't give a shit. None of this matters until they get to where they know they can get to, but just for some reason, it just implodes every time, whether it's close or a blowout. And if the, if the main guy is saying it, I mean, you don't think that we feel that too? And I, and I appreciate the honesty. There's no BS there. You know, Josh Allen's not coming out saying, uh, yep, great year, you know, great year, didn't go our way. I mean, the dude's distraught. And that's what you want to see. And that's why I, I, am, I am supportive of Stephon Diggs. I am so supportive of that as opposed to being critical of that. How could you want these guys to just, ah, well, fun ride, boys. We'll hop back on the saddle next year and give her another go. I mean, these guys, you think we're upset? Man, these guys are busting their ass, overcoming injuries in the building every day. I mean, I understand they're millionaires and they're getting paid gobs of money to do this and they're becoming celebrities. I get it. But, you know, I mean, this, is a, this job is not easy, man. It blows for us. But and I know that can't be said for everybody. There's some guys in this league who don't care. Of course they don't. They're making a ton of money. It's a job. Think about it. How many people just they do they work their job because they get a paycheck for it. The the sad reality is most people don't like their job. That's the sad reality. Majority of people go to work every day and they do not like their job. There are a lot of those guys in the NFL. That's just the way it is. I got no criticism against it. And that's why I've been so appreciative of who Josh Allen has been for this franchise because he is the poster child for being a guy who's completely bought in. He's the poster child for how to represent an organization, how to be a leader and how to be ultimately a quarterback in this league. So I, I appreciate him saying, we, we just don't care. Like who cares that we won the AFC East and won 13 of the 16 games. It, nobody's going to remember that. Do you, even, do you even remember it today? I think it was Joe DiBiase who tweeted it out. I'm not sure, but I, whoever, I, I'm almost positive it was him. He tweeted this out. I could not have agreed more. I think he said something to the effect of, was this the most uninspired and just unentertaining four-loss season of all time? I, nail on the head. They won... 14 of the 17 games they played this year. And it just never outside of the, like after the bye week it just never felt. I don't know. Do you see, do you understand what I'm saying? It just never felt right. And it came to a head yesterday. That's why the playoffs, the playoffs always expose or show your, your biggest weakness or your truest identity. Minnesota Vikings is the most perfect example, right? You, you can't expect to win every game every week in the most dramatic, unbelievable fashion and then go into the playoffs and, and continue to ride that, that hot streak. They got one game in at home, and, and they lost to Daniel Jones, who, who, like I said, had an unbelievable game. It comes to a head. The... Another great example, the L.A. Chargers, a team who pisses down their leg every opportunity they get. 
27-0 at half. They lose the game. Why? Because every year, playoffs or not, every year the Chargers are that team that you can expect to implode. Basically on a weekly basis. They got to the playoffs finally, and the identity of that team, which is what we saw against Jacksonville, what happened? Came to the forefront. It also happens on the reverse angle. The Chiefs, they did not play well against Jacksonville. Had Jacksonville, and and you got to give Jacksonville all the credit in the world. Played a hell of a game. Way better than the Bills displayed. And I'll tell you this right now, by the way. If the Bills had to play Jacksonville yesterday, say Baltimore had beaten Cincinnati, Jacksonville was winning that game yesterday. Oh, my God, right? I'd love to hear an argument to the contrary. Really would. Anyhow, that's a team in the Chiefs. Man, they they, they just didn't, didn't play very well. But the game was never in doubt. Even though the Jacksonville Jaguars kept that game close to the last snap, it was never in doubt. So their identity comes to the forefront like it does every year. They just find a way. 13 seconds, man. Game's over. No, it isn't. The identity of you usually comes to the forefront in the playoffs. And that's the other tough pill to swallow after a game like yesterday. Because you understand that no matter what the Bills do in this regular season, which is 99% of the year, it just doesn't matter. And that's the shitty thing. And people want to say that it was way worse in the drought days. Understandable, okay? But here's why I argue that this type of departure from the season is worse. Because during the drought days, you knew what to expect. And if anything happened at the end of the year that you didn't expect, wow, this is great. This is awesome. Like, you know, beating the Patriots the few times that they did or playing spoiler or backing into the playoffs because Tyler Boyd makes an incredible touchdown grab against the Ravens. Like, how exciting was that? Because your expectations were on the, they were below the ground. They were, they were earthed. They were Mac Jones on that Raiders touchdown below the ground. Okay. So during that era, it was much easier to just be pleased because you knew what to expect every year. I'm going to go into this season expecting nothing. And then maybe I'll be pleasantly surprised. So your expectations were so low. It was almost impossible to be disappointed. The reason why this is worse, in my opinion, or you could argue that it's worse, is because your expectations are so high, but the end result is the same as it was in the drought. Disappointment. And I'm not saying that you got to win the Super Bowl to avoid that disappointment. Last year, I don't know if it was disappointing. It was, dis- it, it was a heartbreaker. It was sad. I mean, it was, a, it was just a... I, I mean, it, it was the worst possible way you could lose a game as far as like just heartbreaking fashion is concerned. I don't know if disappoint. I wasn't disappointed in the bills last year. I wasn't. I just watched them put together a perfect game against new England, a team that has owned that ass for as long as I've been alive. They dropped seven touchdowns on seven consecutive drives against those guys and whipped them to shreds. And they followed it up with an unbelievable performance. Josh Allen refused to die in that game. I wasn't disappointed. I was bummed and I was heartbroken. Right? I'm disappointed this year. I mean, I don't even, that's just putting it lightly. And the crappy thing is, no matter whether it was Dick Duran, Rex Ryan, Doug Marone, man, the end result, other than last year, really, 
it's the same, man. It's just like, it's like, oh, it's just, oh my, I mean, really? But at least then you expected it. I don't care if you were the biggest Bills hater on planet Earth. And I understand a lot of people picked Cincinnati yesterday. Of course. I mean, there, there's no reason you shouldn't have. They're a great team. They're a better team than Buffalo. Not even a debate. Right? So I understand, okay, you might have expected Cincinnati to win. Nobody expected the Bills offense to put up 10 points, not even be remotely competitive, and get their ass flat out handed to them. I don't care if you're Nick Wright, the biggest Bills hater on earth. I don't care. No one expected that. It quite literally defines disappointment. Johnny coming in saying, September, I was asking if this team might be an all-time great team. Yeah, you and everyone else, including myself. And it was one of the least fun and stressful seasons I've ever watched. It, it, yeah. I'm thinking back on it, man. The last time I, I, I just remember... <laughs> And this is this not just classic Bills living in the past, you know? And it just it just felt like those days were over, man. But you think back, think I want you to think back to this. You know, Von Miller gets signed in the hype in the offseason. You'd never really, even if you were alive during the 90s, like my dad was, even he'll he'll tell you, man, he's never experienced the, the hype around this Bills team quite like what it was. I mean, I, I don't think anybody ever had. I don't think it ever existed the way it was. And then they come out to open the year off in L.A. against the reigning champs, which you got to remember, at the time, we didn't know L.A. was going to be absolute cheeks. And they come out, I don't care if you're bad or not, the Bills played some close games against some bad teams this year. I mean, they, they, they punished them. They, they, they just dismantled them. At home. While they were raising their banners, man, they embarrassed those guys. And they followed that up by embarrassing the reigning AFC number one seed. Think back to that moment where you had all those expectations and you found out in the first two weeks, man, this wasn't a load of bullshit like it's always been. This is legit. This is real. And then all of a sudden, even though they were winning games, it just nothing felt right. And the unfortunate thing here, and it's back to my point I made earlier, where you look across the, the, the rest of the teams here that, were, that are moving on now and all the talent they have. Man, this Bills team, it, it, it is Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, and I mean, that's it. This whole line, I, I, it's yesterday. If you took uh, just a, um, a run-of-the-mill NFL fan, right? They, they know the players and the teams, but they, they don't follow it to the point where they would know, you know, injury updates or news stories. They just, they know the players, they're casually following the league, okay? If you took that person and sat them down and said, okay, I want you to watch the first quarter of this game, and then they watch the first quarter, and then you ask them upon completion of the first quarter, okay, we'll just call him uh, Johnny Appleseed. All right, Johnny. One of these teams is missing three starting offensive lineman. One of these teams is missing 60% of their starting unit. After what you just saw in the first quarter, which team is missing their starting alignment? The answer would be the Buffalo Bills 100 out of 100 times. There was no excuse for Joe Burrow yesterday. You would never have known they were missing three starting offensive linemen from the get-go. 
And it was so bad. The domination in the trenches was so bad that not only did they run over Buffalo with three backup starting offensive linemen, but they also went into that game as the 29th ranked rush offense against what was the Bills' number two, or what was it? No, number five, whatever. Something like that. No, it was two. Yeah, but who, who, who cares? I think the Bills were the number two overall rush defense. Hold on, I got it right here. I mean, why am I even looking this up? I mean, what in God's green earth does it even matter? But I got it here. Hold on. I want to I be accurate. All right, no, I was wrong. I'm glad I looked it up. It was the fifth. Okay. So behind three, the, behind three backup offensive linemen, the Cincinnati Bengals, who were the 29th ranked uh, uh, rush offense in the league, went against the Bills' rush defense, who was fifth in the league. They ran for 172 yards, five yards a carry, all game long, gashed them. Even at the end of the game, when the Bills flat out knew all Cincinnati was going to do was run the clock out, they couldn't come close to stopping them. So not only statistically was that just an anomaly to begin with, it happened behind three backup offensive linemen. And you want to know the other sad thing, too? A Miami Dolphins team with a rookie head coach and a third-string rookie quarterback and a Baltimore Ravens team with a backup quarterback played 10 times more inspired and heart-filled football than the Buffalo Bills did. How is that even possible? And it is dead-on accurate. I mean, other than the Giants against the Eagles this week, who, I mean, like I said earlier, they were just happy to be there. I mean, they wouldn't admit that. But think about it. If you're a Giants fan, you were just happy to be there. It's been a decade since anything's happened. You were excited to see Daniel Jones have a great playoff game. You were excited to see Dable get these guys there. You were excited to see what could be, you know, in store for the potential future. They got rolled by Philadelphia. Most everybody saw that coming. Philly's just leaps and bounds better than the Giants. They've already kicked their ass once this year. That was to be expected. But outside of that game, which it was just what it was, every other team, man, they, they, they put up a fight. Jacksonville, all the way to the end. Dallas, all the way to the end. I mean, the Bills didn't even didn't even come out of the locker room. And I just, I don't, I don't understand. I, I have, I'm, I'm literally speechless. I don't have an answer. And I understand people are saying, you know, they're just burnt out. And I mean, I, I, I get it. But I just didn't, I didn't ever take this team to be one to be able to even be capable of just flat out not showing up. I, 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 I just didn't think it was possible. It didn't seem like it was in their DNA. We've had no reason to think that that was possible. It's never, it's never been a thing. Truly. Even when they've lost, you could tell, I mean, they, they would always go down swinging all three games. They lost this year, man. It was down to the wire every game with a chance to either win or, or, or tie it every game. They were right there. There was no reason to believe that yesterday was even possible. And that's why today I, I'm just, I'm so dumbfounded. And I just feel so confused and, and, um, and just, just, I feel like an idiot.
GP coming in. They at least went to the show with the Kelly teams. I'm getting too old for this shit. God bless all you old heads too. You know, my dad and, and, and everything. I, I, this is the first year where I've ever felt like after that game, and even frankly, in the midst of that game, it was one of the first times really, cause I'm, I, I always tend to say, especially with Josh Allen, I'm always like, man, this game ain't over. That game was over yesterday. The writing was on the wall from the first quarter. The, the Bengals, it, it looked so easy. It, frankly, it, it just looked like a college team versus a pro team, how easy it was for Cincy. I couldn't believe it, especially with the knowledge of having three offensive linemen out. It, it, it was just so incredibly easy for them. And everything the Bills did was so hard. Even the one touchdown drive they had, it was a 15-play drive where Josh Allen had to, had to take, what, six, seven hard tackles, running the ball, trying to nickel and dime down the field, and then, and then they barely get in the end zone. I mean, nothing came easy for the Bills, and everything came easy for Cincinnati. And I, I, I think about how I feel today, being 25 years old, and I, this is the first time after a season where I've just felt, man, I need, a, I need a break right now. I can't even really think about Bill's football right now because that just has me sick. I mean, I just, I just am sick to my stomach after this. I just feel sick. I feel dumb. I feel confused. I, I just, I, 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 I need a break. And I'm 25. I didn't live through all the other stuff on top of it. So God bless you guys. But you're all like me, right? I feel this way now. Better believe I can't wait for the next kickoff, right? But it's, I got to be honest with you right now. I just, I feel, I just feel different today. That truly just, it, and I know there was no intention by the players to make it this way. Of course, they would never, you know, purposely, it's, I'm not even insinuating that. But as a fan of that team, it, it just felt, I don't know, I don't know if disrespectful is the right word, man. That's just kind of how I felt. I felt as a fan, I just felt disrespected. Where I'm like, man, like this is this is how this ends. This, I got to be dead honest with you. I fell asleep last night. No word of a lie. I fell asleep last night, and I was kind of like half asleep, half not. And I woke up, and my first thought was, I thought I had fallen asleep during the Bills game, and that they still had a chance to 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 make it happen. That's I'm not even kidding you. I was like in one of those sleeps where you're like 95% asleep. So your mind's racing and you kind of just wake up. And for like, like a, a full two, three seconds, part of me was like, oh God, I, what the hell happened? I got I got And I'm like, oh, oh, that's how much in disbelief I was. My, my brain subconsciously had convinced itself that there was no way that that actually happened. I mean, it just felt like I got my, I, I just got slapped in the face, truly. And it's weird because, I mean, you could argue that during the drought period, it was just one collective 17-year slap in the face. And I guess it kind of was. But back to my point earlier, it was, it was expected. You expected it. You knew what you signed up for, right? And, and I'm not trying to say you're saying, oh, woe is me. Dude, it's football, right? I mean, I, I sign up for this. No one's holding a gun to my head. Well, I guess subconsciously, I hold a gun to my own head to watch this shit. I mean, because no one's, no one's making you do it. No one's making me watch this. I'm just, I, I, I couldn't, I, I. There's a very short list of things that would ever keep me from watching a Bills game. And, and I'm talking like, we're talking, my wife's giving, my girlfriend downstairs, either she's giving birth, a family emergency, 
or an emergency in general. I, I'm talking like the list is probably horrifyingly short of things that would keep me from watching a Bills game. But no one's holding a gun to my head. I just, that's where I'm at with it. It's back to my point earlier where I say, this is just an extension of me. I don't know how this happened. I grew up with it. My dad, you know, God bless him. That, it, it came from that. And that's the, one of the things that I love so much about football. And you know this, if, you, if you're a fan of my show and you, and you tune in regularly, you know how much the family aspect of football means to me. And I think that's why sports are so great. There's a lot of irrationality that goes into sports. That's why I, 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 I'm genuine. I am genuine when I say I envy the people who can just, like where yesterday is, it's just, as soon as that game ends, it's a distant memory. It's back burner. I envy that. I am incapable of that. And frankly, even though I am envious of people who can do that, I, I don't want to be able to do that because I, lo I love the game too much. I love the sport too much. I love the Bills too much. It's just who I am. And I'm not going to pretend that there's anything wrong with me being who I am. Because when you are that way, people, I think I, I got a lot of this yesterday. Because, And I understand this is Twitter. I'm not going to take offense to it. I put it out there. People have all the right in the world to comment whatever they want. But when I said, you know, that I, I kind of felt pathetic looking in the mirror thinking, man, I just invested all this time, you know, not only just this year, my whole life, but this year to be specific. I mean, I invested all this time into this year. I drink all the Kool-Aid. I mean, I was bought in more so than I've ever been as far as belief is concerned. Um, and that's why, you know, I said, man, I just, after looking in the mirror here, I, I feel pathetic. I, I, and, and I don't know if that, that might've been a bit over the top, but at the moment it was true. And we all know how irrational we can be in the midst of it. But now that I've had a moment to collect myself, the, the, the statement still stands. I just, I don't think I'd say pathetic. I would just say I'm staring in the mirror here. And this is a real reality check about how much I've put into this. And, and, and at the end of the day, this is, um, wow. Like this is what it culminated into. And, and, and this is like, I'm not blaming anybody. This is my own personal choice, by the way. It, like, once again, this isn't a pity party. A woe is me. And it's, I understand everybody always says it's just a game. It's football, bro. I, I'm not a moron, okay? I understand it's a game, and it's just football. I get it. I get it. But it means a lot to me, man. And I'm happy, even though yesterday, look, I, I'm an hour 15 in here. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And I could, I could go another two hours talking about yesterday and, and my disappointment from it. And I got to tell you, even though this is all disappointing and just utterly unbelievable, I'm happy that I have something in my life. And I, I have multiple things like this in my life. I'm happy that I have things like this in my life that can make me unbelievably happy or unbelievably sad. Because I got to tell you, man, I know a lot of people in my life, they don't have anything like that. They don't have anything that they are passionate about, that they love that 
they're you know involved with think about it like that man and i and I, and that's why when i you know there's no shame at all in being in, in feeling like yesterday and feeling like you i don't know like a party you just kind of got let down and I understand it's to people who don't get it. It's a weird concept. And I probably sound like a cringeworthy, you know, I get it. I get it. Cause there's people that probably feel this way about, I don't know, professional bowling. And if they said that to me, I'd be like, dude, what? I'd be like, really? I mean, I know there's, I mean, back in the day, there's people that are like this about like the bachelor, you know? And I'm like, you watch this. I tweeted out yesterday during the game. I'm like, or two nights ago, because I saw a commercial for this. I saw a commercial for a show called Farmer Wants a Wife. I tweeted out, would you rather serve, serve a year, or would you rather serve a life sentence in prison or watch one episode of uh, Farmer Wants a Wife? Here's the crazy thing. There's probably people out there who have as much passion for a farmer wants a wife as we do for the Bills. So I understand that there's people that are like, dude, like, come on, you know? But I'm honest about it, but I also understand the other side of the coin. I'm not delirious. I'm not delusional to, to the, to the, under, to the uh, reality that it is a game that I have no control over, yada, yada. I understand that, but that's besides the point. I love it. You guys love it, and there's no shame in that at all, and there's no shame in feeling just, just bad, man, about yesterday. But if you're like me, you know, we will, life goes on. It's going to go on and we'll be back next year. But you, you, if you, if you are like me and you're just really invested, I mean, hell, look at this. I come to you guys every week, every Monday night, not because I have to people think I get, you know, people think I, this is my job. This isn't my job, man. This is because I love doing this with you guys. I love this. I love this. And this is why when people say things like, you know, just move, get, get over or whatever. I, I understand where they're coming from, but this is a lot. There's a lot of my life that's involved with this. And it's things that I love. I love doing this. This is, an, I love this part of things. This is what, look at what the bills have brought us. All of us together. We have over 500 people in here right now. I have a microphone and a camera. You're on the other side of it. And we're here all sharing the same thoughts and feelings, man. How cool is that? That wouldn't exist without sports. All the memories I have in my life, with my dad and my family wouldn't exist without sports. So there's not everybody's like that. That's fine. I'm never going to tell you how you got to be and how, you know, not to be and whatever, but this is the way I am. And it just, it sucks. It totally blows. Um, don't even know how we got down that rabbit hole truly, but I guess, I guess all I'm saying is, um, I don't even know. I'm just saying, if you, if you feel that way today, no, I feel it too. And that's why this is so great. That, that, that's why this is so great. And that's why when things happen like they do yesterday, that's why it sucks so bad. I just, I don't know. It would be cool, though. I mean, I'm trying to think of a world where it would be cool where I was just, like, watching that yesterday, and then it, and then it ends, and I'm like, oh, what's for dinner? You know, what are we doing for dinner? I can't, I just, I can't, I, that would be something. That would be something to be like that. I, I just, I don't know what that's like. 
The ref, my brother, he's saying unacceptable coaching. Frazier dropped the ball. We need a staff change. Before some of our top players decide to leave, Poyer may have played his last. See, yeah, I, I probably agree with that. You know, the other thing, too, about yesterday, defensively at least, did it not feel like every snap they were playing 20 yards off the ball? It just there wasn't anything that Cincinnati couldn't do. You have three O linemen out. They sacked Joe Burrow one time. That's it. They only hit him three total times. That's it. And then on top of that, anything they wanted to do, it worked. A short, short routes worked. Uh, running the ball worked. Joe Burrow being able to move, maneuver out of the pocket, run the ball, get out of the pocket, throw the ball worked. I mean, think about the Jamar Chase touchdown. There wasn't anybody within a hundred yards of him. And I got a picture here. I don't know if you're going to be able to see it all that well. Saw this on Twitter, and this kind of perfectly defines what I'm talking about. I don't know. Let me, let me, I'm going to airdrop it to my, eh, whatever. Hold on. Let me see if I can find this. There's a picture on, on Twitter where you can blatantly see exactly what I'm talking about. It, it, it felt as though there were moments in the game where, where you were like, dude, like, is anybody even covering anybody? Are they, are they, are they lined up in any sort of coverage that would be even remotely close to attempting to stop the Cincinnati offense? And then when they were running it, it's like, well, they, are there three O-linemen? I mean, this, D, this D-line isn't like the D-line of the past. This D-line has had some great games this year. This D-line has got a lot of young studs on it, and they got some guys who are making some serious coin. And it was like, where, where is it? Where's anything? Check this out. And this, this to me, I don't know how many times this, and, and like Rico says, and like I always admit, I'm not an X's and O's guy. I don't ever claim to be. I never will be. But you don't need to be to look at stuff like this and just say, uh, what, what, what even is this? Look at this. I, I'm sorry. I'm not a defensive coordinator, a head coach, a film guy. I don't know in what planet and in a professional sport that that is supposed to be effective. You probably got the best wide receiver core in the NFL on a third down with one of the most accurate, calm, cool, and collected quarterbacks in the game. And you line up, let's see here, five, you line up about eight to nine yards off the ball. I don't even know how to, I just, once again, it's back to the game. That, that I guess right there is, is the game in a nutshell where you look at that and you just say, I got nothing. I, I just don't even have the words to sum up what that is. I, I, I don't, I don't have any explanation. And that was one play there, but I gotta be honest. I don't know how many times it was exactly like that. It felt like every snap. And it's crazy because everybody, the professional gamblers, the public, most people in general, everybody was all over the bills all week. You know, the, the experts, everybody was on the bills. Why? Because of this O-line situation. And I, and I was starting to get nervous because everybody was hyping it up, not just Bills fans. Everybody, everybody in the national media was just like, well, you know, I think the Bengals are a better team. They're a more complete team. They're on fire right now but I can't expect them to win this game in Buffalo with three starting offensive linemen out. And, I, and to me, that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. 
But not only was it not an issue, it was a strength. They were they dominated the Bills D-line. They absolutely owned them. And to me, there is just no adequate explanation in the world for that. What you thought would be a such an what you thought would be such an impact on the game that it would swing it in the Bills' favor actually wound up being the complete dead opposite. And that's back to my point where I said you you could understand a loss or whatever, you know, but you could never ever have anticipated yesterday. And that to me is one reason why. That right there. And then you know another a lot of other things that I see a lot of another the other thing I keep seeing a lot of is oh you know. Von Miller would have been the difference. Yeah, I agree. Wouldn't it have been great to have Von Miller out there? But don't you think the playing field was a bit evened out? Okay, we, we're down Von Miller. They're down three starting alignment. To me, it, it helps kind of even it out a bit. You can't have it all. The Bills were about as healthy as you could get. And then how about just an, how about the kick in the nuts today? Did you guys see this? Talk about an absolute howitzer right to the balls. Micah High would have been active next week. I mean, you want to talk about kicking a man while he's down and then just spitting in his face. That right there. I saw that today. It would have been. Think about it. I mean. It would have been the greatest 30 for 30 ever. Ever. Think about the story that was the 2022 Buffalo Bill. Had they had just shown up yesterday and found a way. If they would have just put up a valiant effort, think about what could have this could have been. Think about the story that was the 2022 Buffalo Bills. All that this city and this team and this organization and the people within it had to go through, right? Overcoming it all. Losing Von Miller on top of it. Just I know that doesn't compare to all the other atrocities that this team had to face, but it's just one thing where you know you go out to sign Von Miller to put this team over the top, you lose them. And you still, after he goes down, go on an eight-game win streak. You go through all of this. And then after Micah High goes down for the season, he comes back for the NFC Championship in a neutral site game. And then you finally get, I mean, yeah, it was a lot that had to happen. But my, my God, it's just it's sad to know what, what, what it could have been. And it would have been truly one for the books. I mean, it really, it really just, uh, it would have been... I don't know. I mean, you know how we always talk about, like, you know how unforgettable it was when the Saints won the Super Bowl after Katrina? It was just because what a story that was, man. Like, just this unbelievable natural disaster, like, unprecedented what it did to that city and its people. And and then just another reason why it's just like, you know, that's this is why we are so attached to sports. I mean, think about what that did to the city's morale to be able to go and win that Super Bowl, man. Think about it. Now, there's a big gap between a, uh, a hurricane and, and um, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it's, not, it's, not, it's all just unprecedented, terrible things. And I, I don't want to compare one to the other. I'm just saying the valid comparison would be like all the stuff you have to go through and then to be able to, to overcome all that and, and close the story out with just the ultimate success story for that city. It's just, that's why that one in particular, no one will ever forget that. And I have a feeling that had the bills of, of, you know, at least gotten there this year, it just would have felt like one of those stories you'd never forget.
everybody would have always remembered the 2022 Buffalo Bills. I don't know. I haven't really thought about that until right now. And and now I'm, <laughs> I'm like the king at that. I'm the king at just thinking of things that make me feel 10 times worse. Good God. Jared coming in. The Bills have refused to join AFC arms race on offense. Yep. All these teams have offensive coaches and build their teams with offense. QBs with insane weapons. Bills have a defensive coach and build through D. And this is why earlier I said you can't help but think that the gears are turning to some degree when it comes to the thought process of what this team is being built around. You know, the Bills and Sean McDermott were the only team of the remaining eight in the divisional to have a defensive-oriented head coach. And it's no secret that what wins in this league is uh, – Offensive mind, uh, offensive minded, um, an offensive minded staff. And I think, and I'm guilty of this, we probably downplayed how much of a factor losing Brian Dable was. Cause it just seems like we got a lot of proof to, to the, to the point. Right. Um, and, and, and it's tough because there's so many great things about McDermott. You can't just up and get rid of the guy. You can't just say, oh, all these other coaches are offensive mind. I mean, like McDermott is the, I, I, it's just, I, we have, we're very close-minded with these things. And unfortunately, football and being a fan is a very close-minded activity, right? It's very short-minded at least. But when you think about it in totality, I mean, McDermott's done one hell of a job. It just, it's just, it, it gets to a point where you wonder what, like, so I forgot who sent the super chat in earlier, but you wonder what the Pagulas are thinking. What do they think the ceiling is? Do they think that there is a higher ceiling than what we've seen? Do they think it's been hit? I mean, that, that, that's just, it, it's, it's cure. It's, I'm, it's a, it's a curious uh, subject because there's so much evidence to the contrary of what the bills currently have, right? That's the, that's the weird thing. And it's tough. Because there's really no reason that you could just bow on McDermott. But at the same time, there's outside forces that they could look at and say, well, is this it? And that, to me, is why it's uh, it's an interesting topic. Because this year, I don't think it has any effect. But I just think long-term, it's a thought within the mind of the organization. Teams have moved on from on from much less. It was up to me. It wouldn't be my vote, but I'm not running the organization. And you see what these what these owners do. They'll they'll move on from you like that. I mean, that's just the way it goes. I think but this coming year it's gonna be it's gonna be big. I mean, this is it's it's huge. Now I just think if McDermott goes out next year and they end like this again. Then there's going to be some serious talks, but he doesn't have to go win the Super Bowl for his job to be safe. They just can't have another one of those this, this coming year. They can't because th there's a level of acceptability here. And also back to my point earlier where, you know, you can't just expect to have this type of team every year. You only have so long to cash in on it. And to me, man, I mean, even just like getting there would be unlike anything I've ever experienced. So, there's levels to it. McDermott doesn't have to win the Super Bowl to retain his job, but he cannot go out again next year and um, and, and get absolutely embarrassed at, at home in the divisional playoffs. It just can't happen.
Sean saying wishful thinking, but it would be a dream if Dorsey leaves and Frank Reich could be our OC. I think that would be a smart move for the Bills, in my opinion. I think Frank Reich gets another head coaching job. Thought he got absolutely shafted in Indianapolis. I mean, the fact that Jim Irsay replaced uh, Ken Dor or um, Frank Reich for Jeff Saturday is just laughably egregious. Um, and and then the other thing too, back to the McDermott thing, and that's why I don't want to move on from McDermott. Is there a is there a better option right now? Everybody wants to say Sean Payne. Sean Payton. Do you understand Sean Payton is going to command probably north of twenty million dollars a year for a salary? And it's not like you can just go bring him in. The Saints own his rights. It would take at least a first-round draft pick. And the Saints are in a current position where the Bills, what, 27th overall pick isn't going to do them a whole lot of good because they're basically in complete – they're they're in the midst of a, of a somewhat of a soft reboot. So that, that ain't happening. Outside of, like, maybe two or three organizations, there's probably – everybody would want Sean Payton, but it's just not going to happen. Um, I think Frank Reich gets another job somewhere else. I think he deserves one. I think he's a great coach. Love, love Frank Reich. But, um, it, it, that, that's just, it's not, I don't, I don't think, I don't think Frank Reich goes to an OC position. I don't think Ken Dorsey loses his job either. Back to my point, what you don't want to happen is what's happening in like Indianapolis or Arizona or Houston you 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 think the grass is greener now? Oh, get rid of McDermott, get rid of Dorsey. You think the grass is greener now until you until you enter into this coaching carousel where Denver they 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 hire Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. Oh my god, this is unbelievably terrible. Gone. Um how many I mean how many coaches do we see this happen to? Houston's moving on to what this year? Their their fifth head coach in as many years. I mean, it, this isn't it's kind of like when teams are like, oh, we'll just go. We got we to gotta find that Josh Allen. We got to find that Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, except there's like four There's like four of those guys on the planet. You can't just go down to the bus station and pick the guy up and throw the uniform on him and then wash your hands of it. It's the same thing with coaches. Belichick and Andy Reid and Sean Payton, these guys don't grow on trees. So, yeah, the grass might seem greener today by saying, oh, let's get rid of Sean McDermott. Okay, then who's the answer? Who's the replacement? And then what happens if next year this same thing happens without Sean McDermott? You're going to move on to the next guy? And then the next guy? And then you get rid of Dorsey. You'll bring in another OC. Oh, and then all of a sudden you got Josh Allen rotating OCs every year. Is that what you want? This is the, these are the things you got to think about. You know how many people today would sign up to have Sean McDermott be their coach? A lot. If the Bills let Sean McDermott go today, there would be numerous phone calls coming his way. The grass is not always greener. I understand the criticisms, but the last thing you want, and we've been a part of this before, is rotating guys trying to find the next Andy Reid. Because just like elite quarterbacks, you're not finding them in the pumpkin patch. They're, a, they're, a, they're a one in a million, man. Burrow is what the Bills hope Allen could be. Um, I just think it's tough. Uh Burrow is a much more sound and composed quarterback. There's no other way to put it. He's much more collected, and I think he's much more, um, I think he's more patient. I think he's a more relaxed player. See, there's the, the, the quarterback comparisons are tough because Josh Allen, as far as an athlete is concerned, as far as just an overall like specimen is concerned, there's really no one else ever in the history of the game that's like him. Um. But we all know that 
that that comes with it comes with its its benefits. It comes with its disadvantages. I, I'll say this though, you know, J- Josh Allen doesn't have the best wide receiver core in the league, like Joe Burrow does. I'm not making excuses here. I'm just saying it's it's a lot easier to look like a, an incredible quarterback, which Joe Burrow is, but it's a lot easier to look more competent at the position when you're throwing to the wide receivers that Joe Burrow is. Meanwhile, Josh Allen has a below average offensive line, which I know the Bengals have had as well. I'm not making excuses. I'm just saying these things add up. He has a below average offensive line, which in turn has a very average run game. And then as far as weapons are concerned, if you take away Stephon Diggs, you got a whole lot of just, you got, you got guys. Okay. Gabe Davis did not turn into the guy we thought he could turn into this year, not ruling out the possibility of that happening, but he is not a bona fide wide receiver too. He did not prove that this year. Um, and, and it just comes in spurts where, okay, one game McKenzie gets more looks than usual. Then another game Knox gets more looks than usual, but it's not like Cincinnati where, okay, you take away chase. I got Higgins you take away Higgins. All right. I got Boyd. Like, it's it's Stefan Diggs, and then you kind of cross your fingers and hope Allen can get a good day out of one of these other role players. And if that doesn't happen, well, well, guess what? Josh Allen's gonna have to run for his life all game and and look like Barry Sanders. But yeah, I mean, it, it's the way it is being the way it's set up right now for Josh Allen. Uh Burrow and, and Mahomes are more successful. I cannot argue against it. Allen has now faced Burrow and Mahomes in the playoffs three times, two times Mahomes, one time Burrow. They've lost all three, but it's not Josh Allen lost them. I mean, honest to God, yesterday, if Josh Allen, and and he did not play well, it was bad, but was the defense ever going to be able to give the Bills offense yesterday an opportunity to overcome uh, the point deficit? I mean, 14, nothing in that game yesterday. it, It legitimately felt like 40 to nothing. I've never once with these Josh Allen led bills have seen them down like a couple scores and just thought, man, this, this feels over. That's what yesterday felt like. That's when you know that they were just flat. It was just uninspired. And it just felt like they weren't the bills. It felt like an imposter was out on that field dressed in the bills uniform. Um, But yeah, I mean, as far as success is concerned, there's really, there's no argument here. It's, it's, it's Burrow and Mahomes as far as success is concerned talent. You could have the argument. Well, you really can't have the argument with Mahomes, I don't think. It's just that the argument's not there. It's it's Mahomes, man. Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. Uh, and I think we are watching we are watching, unfortunately. I mean, I can't stand it. Watching him throw the ball to a wide open Travis Kelsey, watching him limp on and off the field and and, and just do whatever he wants. It I hate it. I hate it. But I can't lie to myself. He's gonna probably wind up being one of, if not the greatest quarterback to ever play. He's also in a system that is just one of the best offensive systems we've ever seen under one of the best offensive coaches we've ever seen. It is set up to absolutely juice, just, just squeeze every ounce out of his game and the talent on that team. That's why I never felt the Tyreek Hill departure was going to be a disadvantage for this chiefs team. And it, and it wasn't, if anything, they were better. They just adapted. The bills don't really adapt. The Bills offense is Josh Allen. Can you please go out there and and look like 
the greatest athlete in the history of the world for four hours and then get us the win, please. Whereas with Mahomes, it's, oh, you're banged up. Little dump off to McKinnon, 10 yards. Draw up a rub route for Kelsey, wide open, no, no one near him, 20 yards, touchdown. Uh, oh, Tyreek Hill's gone. We'll just implement a, a ton of different creative short passes to help supplement the loss of Tyreek Hill in the slot. I mean, there's no creativity with the Bills. Yesterday, you saw they get down to the red zone. They don't go for the field goal to make it a two-score game. They try to get into the end zone because they could tell the offense, they, 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 they weren't going to probably see the red zone again, so I understood it. Um, where was the creativity? Hand off to Cook, out of the gun, loss of two. Uh, there's just none. That's where I think you've you've noticed the biggest gap between Dable and Dorsey. It just felt like Dable, even though we got frustrated with him at times, and this is why I always say it's not going to matter who's up there. Every week somebody's going to find something to complain about. But I will say one of, one of the noticeable differences, it just felt like Dorsey was much more creative. It felt like Dorsey was able to draw things up that could throw a defense off. I don't feel that way about the Bills currently. And I think we've seen too many examples. And I think that's also why we've seen the red zone failures for the Bills this year. It's just, it's a lot of the same stuff all the time. And when the Bills do execute in the red zone, it's a lot of, a lot of the times it's just Josh Allen doing heroic things. Like the, the two throws he had uh, in the Miami game in week 15, right? Like a lot of times it's just him making a play. It's not necessarily drawn up to help him out. And frankly, that's like 99% of the offense in general. It's just not necessarily drawn up to help him out. But then again, there's also times where it's like, dude, Josh, what, what are you doing, man? Yesterday, third and two in their own territory. It was on the Gabe Davis drop. Look, I understand. It was a, it was a perfectly thrown ball. Gabe Davis, you got to catch it. But I, I'll, I'll argue this. It's third and two. You've been a, you haven't been able to move the ball all day. Why are you running in all vertical play? Why are you running all verticals? along the sideline on third and two. That is an incredibly low percentage play in a situation where you need a high percentage play to keep the sticks moving because you've barely had the ball all day. I mean, this was one of those games where you go back and look at the box score, and I'm, I'm a proponent of, of looking at the box score after the game and oftentimes saying, well, it looks like one way or the other, but actually the game wasn't representative of these stats. This game, if you looked at the box score, it really tells you the story. Because it, it, it was utter dominant, under dominance by Cincinnati and the box score, um, it, it, it shows you the same thing. No, no more so than, than the first downs uh, and, and the time of possession. 30 first downs for Cincinnati. I mean, that is just incredible. 30 first downs behind an offensive line missing three starters. I mean, that's truly just extraordinary. You got to give all the credit in the world to the Cincinnati, man. You really do. It, it's just, it, it was an incredible game plan and it was executed perfectly. Those guys were ready. The bills weren't, it's just that simple. And they're the better team, man. And if today you're a bills fan trying to argue with that reality, you're, you're, you're wrong. Sorry. The, the, the Bengals are better in every facet. It's, it's really just the truth. And I think they're better than the Chiefs. What's, what's the argument against it? They beat them three straight times. And I like their chances this coming week against the hobbled Mahomes. 
And then the time of possession, I mean, no more evident than in the first quarter, right? They had the ball the whole first quarter. And that, of course, was because the Bills went three and out two times. The, 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 the Bengals ran it all the way down their throat. Their first two possessions, 14 nothing, man. All right, let's get to the rest of these uh, Super Chats before we close up shop. I got another show to do after this. There's plenty to talk about, right? And it's the end of the year. Got to get it all in. My main man, Johnny DeMarkey, he's coming in. O-line and D-line lost this game. No doubt about it. I mean, not only did they they, they lose that game, it was just, I I mean, (laughs) you wonder if it would have been any different if, I don't know if it would have really mattered who was in there. O-line or D-line. It, it just didn't seem like I, I just, I got, once again, just at a loss for words. Uh, when when Josh Allen is pressured on 40% of dropbacks, when non-digs wide receivers, uh, wide receivers scare no one, yep. Uh, when no running back threat, no pass rush threat, you lose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy that it's that simple, but it truly is that simple because the Bills were inadequate in all of those phases yesterday. And the and the Bengals were the opposite. They were more than adequate in all of those phases. They ran the ball. Their wide receivers produced very efficiently all game long. Uh, despite being behind th- uh, three injured uh, offensive linemen or three missing offensive linemen, Joe Burrow was barely pressured all game. He was only sacked one time. He was hit three times total the entire game. Um, and the Bills offensive line could not handle the Bengals D-line. And it's just amazing to me because last week, Tyler Huntley, they should have won that game. That's how much better the Ravens played against this same defense than the Bills did. Truly an, an absolute, an, uh, just an absolute mind blower. Like you, you, you just got no explanation for it. Uh, thanks for the super chat, Johnny. Keep on I'm a ton of comments in here tonight. By the way, thank you again, all of us or all of you guys for joining me tonight. I know it sucks, but I feel better right now after just r- ranting on. I hope you guys feel a bit better too. This this always helps. Just kind of letting it all out, you know. The ref once again. Why is our O line and D line such a non-factor? I wish I had the answer for you. Um. The O-line, it just fe- kind of feels like it needs to be revamped. I just don't know what else to to say. It just feels like it's not. I, I don't know if there's anything in-house that can alter that. The D-line, I was sad. I was impressed with this D-line this year, especially a lot of the younger guys. That's why yesterday was um, just really unfortunate because in a game where not only do they need to step up, but in a game where they were primed to have an opportunity to do so against that banged up O-line, man, I mean, they were just non-existent. I, I mean, a lot of these guys were drafted in the, the first, second, third round, high draft picks by being in these bills. Um, and, and, and it just, it, it felt like it was just a lot of undrafted guys on that line, man. I mean, I, I got, I got nothing. Your question is why is our O-line and D-line such a non-factor? I, I, I don't know. I mean, d- d- does McDermott and Bean even know? That that's that's what I want to know. All I know is, you know, you can blame Allen all you want, and that's the other thing too. People are like, "Oh, we need to go get another running back." Uh, why? You want to waste more draft capital, more financial? Uh, you want to waste more uh, cap room or um, cap dollars on another running back? First of all, you bring in Naheem Hines, you don't use him at all, at all. You, you, you don't even design a, like a damn play for the guy on a weekly basis. 
all he does is return kicks for you. You bring that guy in, don't use him. You draft James Cook. I think he's looked, he's, I, I like what I've seen from James Cook. And then you got Singletary. We know what Singletary is and we know what he brings. And I think it's, you know, it's average. It's, it, it's, it's a sound, it's a sound, consistent run game from, from Singletary. But everybody wants to go out and get another running back. And my, my question is, why? Why get another running back when you, you can't even block for the ones you have? Just because, just because they're not putting up Derrick Henry numbers, it, it, it's not necessarily because they're bad backs. Where are they? Where's the line? I mean, where's the, uh, the blocking to run behind? When Josh Allen can't even get the ball off standing in the pocket for what feels like two seconds, you expect a rookie running back and Devin Singletary to be able to overcome that same blocking? And you think the solution is going to be to just go get another running back? No, I think the solution is we got to you got to start looking into this whole line a bit more. Drafting, free agents, whatever you got to do. Cuz you also got to consider, I mean, the run game's one thing. Protecting Josh Allen is the main thing. And they can't do that right now. Johnny coming in again. I love the Bills, 53 years. When is the last time we had the toughest team on the field? Yeah, Bills fans can accept being beaten uh but not beaten up and physically dominated in a snowstorm in Buffalo. That is soul crushing. Yeah. That, that's the best way to put it. Yesterday was just soul crushing, you know, at home, DeMar Hamlin in the building, uh, Bengals down three of their starters after coming off a game where they did not look good. And I understand the bills didn't look good last week either, but you looked at the Bengals and what they had coming into this game and you thought it was winnable. Vegas thought the same thing, right? Six point favorites. Uh, everybody was riding the bills. Everybody thought they were going to win the game. Um, and it was just so soul crushing to say the least. And, and I'm, I'm not one to, to blame the weather because both teams played in the same weather and Joe Burrow looked awfully fine in the weather uh, and the run game for them looked awfully fine in the weather. But the one thing I will say that the, the, I'm so sick and tired of it, of people saying now that what that weather advantage Buffalo. No, 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 it isn't. This, this team is not good in the snow. I, I, I don't know why, why that's a thing. Just because the Bills are located in Buffalo and it snows a lot there doesn't mean the Bills are good in the snow. They're not. It's no. It's not advantageous to Buffalo at all. If anything, it's a hindrance. I hate that. How many times do, do we need to watch this team? I mean, I understand they've had good games in the snow, but how many times do we have to watch this team in the snow for people to realize it's not an advantage at all? I just, that blows my mind, man. I just, it kills me. I, people just think, okay, the, the team's located in Buffalo and it snows a lot there, so they got to be good in the snow. Well, the, the truth is they're not. Chandler, bing, biggity bing. What's up, Chandler? He's saying if week 17 plays out, uh, we enter the playoffs with a completely different outlook. Crazy to think how much that week really changed our season. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things you look back on. You also wonder... I mean, think about think about this, and we do this every year, right? You know, think about oh, if the Hal Murray didn't happen, or uh, if Josh Allen didn't slip last year uh, in the Titans game. The one thing that comes to mind for me this year, though, when I think about the the the, the coulda bens, right? The hindsight, it, it's the Vikings game. I mean, ugh. you know, as bad as their defense is, to not take full advantage of that, um. And not even that. I mean, to fumble the way the way they lost that game, and then you see the way that the the, the season ends for Minnesota, and I think everybody kind of saw that coming. But 
to fumble it on, on your own goal line just off a botched snap. That was the difference in the one seed right there. The Bills win that game. Allen doesn't fumble that ball. The Bills were the one seed. Uh, they got a week off. Whether that would have been a benefit or a disadvantage, who the hell knows? After yesterday, I, I couldn't tell you what we would have saw. Um, to me, though, frankly, don't think it would have really mattered. I think Jacksonville would have beat them yesterday, just like Cincinnati did if they showed up the way they did yesterday. That's just how I see it. I, I, I got to be honest. Is there a team in this league that wouldn't have beat them yesterday the way they played? I, I, I don't think so. <laughs> really? I mean, for God's sake, last week, I mean, how, how soon we forget? And I mean, it was, I mean, this is like for me last week, right? And I, and I, I guess I'm being a little bit hypocritical here, but it's the way I feel. And this is the way I was all year where a lot of these games went out and I'm like, man, like they, that wasn't good. There was a lot of things in that game that were just not like good. Right. And you'd, you'd look at it and then you'd look at the score column and you'd be like, well, yeah, but they won. And then it would happen again. And then it would happen again. And all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, this has happened eight straight weeks. And this has happened 14 out of 17 weeks. But um, you, you, you look at, You, you you look at the you look at what they were all year, and I guess the writing was just kind of on the wall. I said this last week. You, 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 how soon we forget? This is what I was trying to say. It just 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 hit me again. You look at last week. They should have probably have like lost if there was any other quarterback in other than Skylar Thompson, who probably should have won the game himself anyway. I mean, they really should have lost that game. They did everything in their power last week to, to lose to that Miami Dolphins team. But they didn't lose, and they barely won. And even myself last week, I'm like, hey, all that matters, survive in advance. I don't care. But even though I said that, I knew deep in the back of my head, I'm like, man, like, like really? Like, what was that? And that right there was not, like, a championship-looking team. But, hey, they won, so on to the next one. And we got our full dose of reality yesterday. Nemo coming in. Coaching was awful. I hope you bring in Joe Brady. I, I I truly do wonder if there will be a change. I don't think so, personally. Um, I also don't know the benefit of just getting rid of Dorsey after you moved on from Dave. Not that you moved on from Dave. Well, he moved on. I, I just back to my point earlier that I was talking about. I, I'm not ready to get into a carousel here. Allen needs to get. He needs to be grounded. He needs to be able to to have the guys around him that are already around him, and they need to try to build on that. This was Dorsey's first year. It was not an A+. But, I mean, it, it's so tough when they still averaged roughly 30 points a game and, and, and went 13-3 and three in the regular season. So he's not going anywhere. Um, unless they fire Leslie Frazier, which I don't anticipate, it's not like he's going to get a head coaching job because we talked about this earlier. The way that the NFL is set up now, no one wants to hire a defensive head coach. Everybody's going offense. Nobody wants to bring in a defensive-minded head coach anymore. And, you know, Leslie Frazier, has it been rough in the playoffs the last few years? It certainly has seemed that way. It's tough to it's, – it's another one of those things where it's just tough to let the guy go, man. This, this Bills D has been in the top five in just about every category the last handful of seasons. And it's another one of those things where, hey, you're going to bring in another guy who's going to achieve that same thing? 
the grass isn't always greener. And I understand the criticism and the desire to want to move forward, but you have to have an answer. If you do move forward that you firmly believe is an upgrade. Do the bills have that? I don't necessarily know. And I don't think so, but it will be interesting to see if those talks, rumors, and inevitably moves end up circulating. <laughs> but hey, we got a long ass off season to sit back and, and watch, right? Can't wait. Another year of <sighs> sitting on the couch watching the Super Bowl and making mock drafts. Welcome to Buffalo, baby. Tricks coming in. Trust the process. Year six, we can't fall behind. I don't know. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I don't know. I just don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't have any trust in, in, I mean, dude, we're Bills fans, man. We don't have, how could we trust anything? I do have trust in this team always being competitive with Josh Allen. I do have trust in that, but I don't have trust in this team getting to the to the end to the finish line because how could i how can you trust someone that never delivers on not not that they can promise anything they 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 can't promise it right there's nothing promised in this league but how can you trust a team who's out, of course end game every year is to win the whole thing and they never have that, that would it would be foolish to, to blindly trust in it i just think at the moment man like we, we cannot be so short-sighted. Sean McDermott has really brought this team, the, the, the current management and staff has brought this team to a level that I guess even, you know, not, not even more than a handful of years ago, it just felt like it was unachievable. I think that McDermott's really got to, he's really got to screw the pooch to lose the job. But this year's big. You know, I, this is how I see it. This can be said for anybody, but this is how I see it. You know, the bills go out this year and lose the division, right? To Miami or the jets, or they don't make the playoffs or they do make the playoffs and get absolutely toasted. Like they did yesterday. Nobody's safe and nor should they be. But I think we got a year here. Um, Nemo, we got out coached. We need to bring in Joe Brady. Another one. We, we we did get out coached. Um, I I just I I I have a tough time. I I don't know, and this is why I'm I'm willing to give it one more year, collectively, because they have gotten them to this point. It does feel like they're close. Do we want to blow the whole thing up in the midst of that to try and get something better when we inevitably have no clue if it will be better? Um, with that said. The reality is, yes, they were absolutely outcoached yesterday in every facet. They were outcoached by the Chiefs both times they played them. You could argue even last week they were outcoached by Mike McDaniel to some extent. With what Mike McDaniel had to work with last week and what, with, with what McDermott had to work with, you could argue McDaniel, especially in a rookie head coach position in his first ever playoff game, you could argue, man, like he stepped up to the plate in a larger capacity than what McDermott did based on what they had at their disposal. Um. I also too. I mean, it's just it's another thing where uh, I think oftentimes we get caught up in a lot of a lot of coach blaming, 
and there's plenty of blame to be to be handed out yesterday as far as the coaches are concerned. But I mean, the guys that were out on the field yesterday, they didn't do a whole lot to help out any 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 coach uh, you know, running things, at least in my opinion. I just wonder what the week of practice was like. They just seem so unprepared, so uninspired, so lackadaisical and flat. And you have to wonder, how was that even possible? It, this isn't like it's a run-of-the-mill week eight game where they're just out of it. I mean, think about the things that have happened to them this year, and they didn't even look close to this flat after that. Think about when they had to go to Detroit and play the Browns during the snowstorm, go back home, and then come back again for Thanksgiving and play that game against the Lions. Not only did they win both those games, they didn't look half as flat and uninspired as they did yesterday. So it makes you wonder, like, if that didn't deflate them, what was it this week that that just didn't go that didn't go right, that didn't happen to have these guys even remotely prepared or even remotely motivated? And, and, and it wasn't like it just kind of happened out of nowhere. I mean, it, it felt like from beginning to end, the Bengals were just more physical, stronger, faster, more well-coached, uh, and just, just a flat-out better team in every facet from beginning to end. And I keep saying this, but oftentimes with these Bills, no matter what's going on early in the game, what the other team's doing, the lead they get, whatever, I still have confidence. Yesterday was one of those rare moments where you could see the body language from the defense. You could see the body language from the offense. You could see how both teams were executing their game plan. And it, to me, seemed quite inevitable from the jump that, man, like this game might, this game feels over. Like I keep saying, a 14-point lead yesterday, it, it felt like way more than that. In 27 to 10, that, that score, to me, it, it looks way friendlier than the game actually was. It's hard to believe that a Josh Allen-led offense, by the way, had 10 points against anybody. I mean, for Christ's sake, Tyler Huntley was, was on the doorstep of making, uh, making the Ravens not only win that game, but put up 24 points. That makes me sick. All right. I got to finish this up here soon, but I know I got more Super Chats. A big boy right here, Cordero. Love it. Thanks so much for the Super Chat, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, Cordero is saying, at least my Georgia Bulldogs won the championship. Hey, good for you. And not only did they win that, I mean, can you even call that a win? There's, there needs to be a different category for what Georgia did in that championship game. I don't, there's wins, and then there is that. But, hey, congrats. At least you got one in the bank. I'm a Penn State fan. No national championships in my lifetime. No Bills championships in my lifetime. I'm just, you know, a lucky guy, man. Congrats, by the way, though. That, that must be nice. I can't believe Buffalo Bills got manhandled like that. I think all of the coaching staff is on the hot seat, in my opinion. I'll say this once again, and thank you again, Cordero, by the way. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I don't think that it's a hot seat, but I think the seats went from there's nothing warm about them to, you know, feels like I've been sitting in the car a little while, and I'm kind of getting, you know, my ass is kind of molding to the seat a little bit, and I, I'm, it's a little, you know, it's a little uncomfortable. That's what that's the, the the worst possible way you can describe it, but it somehow makes sense, doesn't it? 
It's not like someone's putting a, a, a flamethrower up their ass. But, you know, it's a little uncomfortable. It's like a long car ride. You know, your ass is kind of sticking to the seat a little bit. It's a little hot in the car. You know, it's just like, ah, I was way more comfortable when this thing started. When I got in the car, I felt a little, I felt better. But the longer I've been in here and the car ride's been a bit bumpy and, you know, whoever's in charge of the music, it's been dog shit. You know, they're playing, um, uh, I don't know, Journey. I, I can't, I can't stand Journey. They're, you know, they're playing Alanis Morissette, like on full blast. Oh God. Um, and then you're like, oh man, like I just, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uncomfortable. I guess is the best way to put it. How about that? Put that on the on an ESPN segment. Cordero again. Much love, brother. Thanks so much. We should have kept Jim Swartz as our DC. Oh my God! See, it's this time of year. We're at that time of year where it's just like anything goes. And this is the sad thing. It's like, dude, if this if this didn't happen the way it happened yesterday, nobody would be would be barring for any or you know vying for anybody's job or or nobody would be looking for a replacement. I haven't heard Jim Swartz's name be brought up. I I I couldn't even tell you. But this is what the inevitability is of being a Bills fan when the when the year comes to an end. It, it's not celebration or it's not. It's not excitement. I mean, last year to me, it was. It was as close as we've gotten to that. But it's a, it's a lot more of this, right? Where you're just like, well, we should have kept Jim Swartz. Or, oh, we should have um, done. It's a lot of shouldas, right? It's a lot of that. And I'm not like, yeah, you're, you're one of a trillion other people who's got a lot of that, including myself, where I'm just like, well, you know, we should have done this against the Vikings to get, to get the one seed. Or we should have done uh, this yesterday to exploit the, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's like, I, does any of that make a difference yesterday? That's what I truly wonder. And that's why when I keep re, I keep emphasizing this, you know, the grass is always greener. D- does any uh, different personnel yesterday change what was out on the field as far as coaching is concerned? Coaching personnel. I don't know. I just don't know. You don't just go make a move for the sake of making a move. You have got to have a plan in place that ensures, at least in your mind, and Brandon Bean's mind, which I have the, the utmost trust in, that ensures we feel beyond confident that since we're making a move here, it is the right move, and we are going to be better because of it. Until that is a reality, I want these guys going nowhere. Cameron Hayes coming in. Really appreciate this season's podcast, Cameron says. Looking forward to an on-point offseason and the matters of execution in the mafia. Cameron, thank you, brother. I appreciate you and all you guys for such a great year. And, of course, we're not going anywhere here at the Buffalo Fanatics. You know the season never ends here at the Fanatics. Unfortunately, though, the Bills season has to end at some point. 31 other teams other than the champion, their season has to end in disappointment at some point. The Bills, you know, there's their end came sooner than we anticipated and in a way that we never anticipated. But with that, it had to come to an end at some point, but our season, it never ends. We're going to be doing a lot of fun stuff this off season. And I'm looking forward to doing some different creative things throughout the year. So we're going nowhere. I'm going nowhere. But of course, you know, my favorite thing is coming in here on a Monday after a game, win or loss, because I, there's always so much to talk about. I'm going to miss that. I miss it every year, but I'm glad you enjoyed it, Cameron. And to those out here who tune in every week and enjoy it, can't tell you how much I appreciate it. I mean, it just, you know, we had a great year this year. Like the, the, the boys, me and the fanatics, man, we talk about it a bunch, but we had a lot of fun this year. It was fun. 
it's fun when the Bills are good or when they were good up until yesterday. It's fun doing this because it's, you know, it's a lot of shared optimism. This is why I love it, though. Now it's not all that optimistic. It's, it's kind of pessimistic today, but we share it together, right? And that's why we love this. And that's why we are the Buffalo fanatics. We're not, you know, I, I don't even know. The, 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 the Buffalo, we're not the Buffalo rational, rational guys. We're not the Buffalo uh, film crew or whatever. I mean, we are fans. I'm a fan with a computer that has a camera on it and a mic. You guys are fans, man. And we're just coming together, teeing off, having a good time, or, sh- or wallowing in each other's sorrow. That's, I love it. Kingdom talk, but Dable ran into the same situation with the Giants that he had with us, not advancing in the playoff. Yeah, but his number one wide receiver was Isaiah Hodgins. <laughs> you know, you got to give Dable credit. Uh, that Giants team didn't have a prayer. It seemed like going into this season, they overachieved entirely. I think any Giants fan would tell you that. He got the most out of a Daniel Jones who looked like he might even you know, be out of the league at a starting position, at least going into this season. Um, he got the most, I think, that you could possibly get out of a guy like Daniel Jones. He he, um, he really unleashed his running potential. He got the most out of a lot of guys that are just not bona fide stars in this league outside of Saquon Barkley. Like what what is what's bringing to the, bringing you to the TV for the Giants? Nothing. Brian Dable brought you to the TV, and that is you got to give a lot of credit there. Yeah, I understand he didn't advance. He went against an Eagles team that, in my opinion, today, I, I, that's that they play like they did against the Giants, which I mean, it was the Giants. I get it, but the Eagles they got overlooked once Hertz went down, and they had a little bit of a, a struggle there going into the end of the season with Minshew and whatnot. That that Philly team is just absolutely loaded. I mean, good God, there isn't a positional group on that team that isn't stacked. Philly is incredibly good. Um, the Giants were never beaten Philly with or without Dable. But I'll tell you this, without Dable, they weren't even getting to that game against Philly. Um, I think, I think, um, I'm, I'm, I was very happy for Brian Dable this year. Obviously, of course, we, we were devastated to see him go. We loved him in Buffalo, but I was really happy to see him get a job. I was really happy, happy to see him take a job in New York that is not an easy place to go. Um, a lot of criticism, a lot of tough media. And, and frankly, it's been an organization that has just been a bottom feeder as of late. And, and man, look at he, he 180, that thing that they, they were so beyond expectation this year. Um, so I understand what you're saying, but you got to remember like what he did it with. It'll be interesting though. I mean, the giants are in a, in a, in a weird spot where they got guys, they got to, they got to make a decision on Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, and they got a lot of work to do in the in the wide receiver position because, like I just said, they, he found a way to make Isaiah Hodgins a wide receiver one somehow. That I mean, that is like that is incredible. Be interesting to see what happens with the Giants because they're in a weird spot where they got to you know all these guys are in contract years, but they got to decide whether or not they want to go forward with them. It's kind of like what we're talking about with these coaching positions here. It's like, okay, do you want to move off Daniel Jones? Because you understand, you know, Daniel Jones, he's not Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, but it's back to what I said earlier. Yeah, but like who else is, you know, there's literally four or five of these guys on the earth. 
So do I let Daniel Jones go, who had the best year of his career this year, just to be able to go and draft a guy who could end up being Baker Mayfield or Zach Wilson? Like, this this is what you got to remember. It's like with the Bills. Like, okay, do I let Sean McDermott go and then go hire an offensive mind like Nathaniel Hackett, who looks like he belongs working the drive-thru somewhere? This it's just it's not if it was that black and white, man, then everybody would have an elite quarterback and an incredible coach. But it, no, it's not. And nobody knows that more than us. We had dog shit coaches and dog shit quarterbacks for 20 years. You know how many times we were just saying, oh man, we just gotta go, we just gotta go get ourselves a Tom Brady. Yeah, well, where is he? And we try we sure tried to find him, right? I'll tell you what, man, Trent Edwards, I think he might be the next TB12. Bossman, I can see it, man. I think he's got what it takes to be the next go. Uh, you know, Dick Duran, man, I don't know. He's got a lot of Belichick qualities. Doug Marone, I, I really think he could be the next Vince Lombard. I mean, come on, right? We, uh, we did these mental gymnastics. It ain't easy out there. It just ain't easy. Think about it. Even with the Bills right now, they, they were so good, at least on paper, right, that everybody had them winning the Super Bowl. Even they couldn't get past the divisional without getting their ass kicked. That's how hard it is, even with Josh Allen, right? Even with Stephon Diggs and even with all pro players on the defensive side of the ball, they got their ass handed to them. It's hard even when you're good. My main man, my brother Bartek coming in. I know Bartek's reeling today. Me and Bartek talk talk often off off air, and, and he shares a lot of the same sentiments that I do. We, we were very similar in that way, so... Much love to you, my brother. Today, I know you. I know you ain't you ain't doing good. We we all aren't. But as I say, time shall heal all. I guess or whatever. I don't know. One of these days. That's what we always say, right? One of these years before we die, maybe. Bartek says it hurts because no matter how good we've been, we come up short. It happened in the '90s, and it's happening again. It hurts more when there's hope. Yeah, that is uh, something I agree with. That's back to my point I was making earlier where it just, you know, I understand when people say it was way worse during the drought. You know, I felt way worse about being a fan and more embarrassed about being a fan during the drought. But during that period, I mean, even though, you know, you you didn't want to wearing your Bills gear out. It was like wearing your Jets gear out now or your, um, I don't know, your your Texans gear out now. Or even last week, I just moved to Connecticut here. I went out to the bar last week. Me and uh, Caroline, and you know, we don't know anybody here. So I just the great another another great thing about sports, it is like an instant conversation starter, and that's how you make friends. Like all, me and my best friends in college, right? We go uh, to the to the trolley thing to go to the bar. I got my Bills jersey on. Couple of boys at the other uh, bus stop, they got their Bills jerseys on. We've been best friends ever since. I mean that that is just like the epitome of how awesome sports is. So the other day, me and Caroline go to the bar. There's this kid in front of me with a Jets hat on. Next thing you know, I, we, me and him grab a couple of beers. I spent four or five hours with that dude all night. Got his number. He lives in the same building as me. And we're, we're buddies now. I mean, how cool is that? But the reason I sparked up a conversation with him and met somebody new here in Connecticut is because I was ragging on the Jets. But yeah, obviously, in a, in a fun way. You know, we were going at it, uh, you know, going back and forth. But that was what it used to be, where you'd wear your Bills gear out. You get ragged on, but you were, you know, you knew that what to expect. And, and, and you know, you, you knew it came with the territory. Like you signed up for that. You, you aren't wearing your Bills gear out to have anybody be like, hey, like, you know, 
he just knew it was kind of like you just you just kind of put a clown nose on, so to speak. Because if you if you wore it out, you were probably going to get somebody to. Well, I, I shouldn't say that, I guess, because in my town, Rochester, it was everybody was a Bills fan, so it's not like you're going to get clowned on. But in school, like with all my buddies who were Giants fans or Jets fans or whatever, like yeah, I got we, I got ragged on forever. Um, so that's why I think it's different because at least then you just you knew what came with the territory, you expected it. But now everybody expects the Bills to be the best team in the league, and when you go out and quite literally look like the worst team in the entire playoffs. It's just way more of a gut punch to end the year than it is finishing seven and nine and expecting that, you know, it happened last year, it happened this year, and it's probably going to happen again next year. And you also are aware of the fact that these windows of opportunity for any team, no matter how great they've been outside of the New England Patriots for 20 years, every one of these teams who think that their window is always going to be open, they find out rather quickly that it wasn't open nearly as long as they thought. I'm fully aware of that. That's, That's the struggle here. Every year, like I understand it's one game, but at the end of the day, it's actually one season, right? All the things that they did this year, it's like Josh Allen said again, it's null and void. Absolutely. Nothing matters this season other than the fact that they got absolutely ran over by the Cincinnati Bengals. That's all that matters. The whole thing comes down to one game. That's the beauty and the curse of football. And that's why we love it so much because of the urgency of the sport, because it's do or die every snap of every week. That's what makes it the greatest sport on earth. It also is what makes it the most heart-wrenching, makes it the most just absolutely painstaking thing to be a part of. And you realize, yeah, it's one game, it sucks, right? But it's also one season gone again. It's one season of Josh Allen's prime gone, kind of wasted. Wasted in the sense that it took all of that effort and all of that whatever else to go into it just to get to that point and get absolutely Shit on, for lack of a better term. All right, we're scrolling. Any more super chats here? Tons of uh, tons of comments. Now, Daniel Hall just coming in with a donation. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, Daniel. And as I continue on here, no, nope, we're done. All right, cool. Hope I got all of them. If I didn't, message me, and I will. I think I got all of them, but if I didn't, let me know because I hate when I don't. Um, okay, wow. Amazing audience tonight. This was great. Uh, we had like almost 500 in here like the entire time. That was awesome. And it just goes to show you, like win, lose, or draw, everybody loves gathering together and sharing in the either the excitement or unfortunately in this case, the absolute just fill in the blank. Honestly, once again, for the ninth time, this, uh... oh, the ref saying, oh, timeout and the music. Ref said I missed one. Um, ref, tell me, tell me what it was. Tell me what it was. They try to kill, kill, kill clock, by the way, as I kill clock, when the ref tells me what a super chat was, couldn't recommend this more. I actually didn't drink it the whole show. I don't even know why I opened it because I only have one left, but they're the best. If you like cider, like hard cider. Oh, I absolutely love it. Um, cause I'm gluten free, so I can't drink beer. So I'm like a big cider guy. This cider, 1911. Tastes just like like a one of those like cinnamon donuts from the um uh like the farmers market. Oh, so good. And I don't think I said this enough throughout this show tonight, but let me just re- reemphasize this. Congratulations to the Cincinnati Bengals. I mean, seriously, congratulations, man. I mean, I mean, no, I I got I got nothing, man. Like I. 
that's got to be incredible to be a fan of that team right now. From where they were, and then drafting Joe Burrow and watching him get an incredibly, you know, terrible injury. And then last year, the, the dream run they went on. And then to follow it up this year after everybody thought that you just kind of lucked your way in. Man, congrats to the Cincinnati Bengals. Truly. Give it to the Chiefs, man. Because nobody else can but you, it seems. Seriously. I mean, nobody else seems to have the number quite like uh, the Bengals do. And I, I, think, I, I think right now the Bengals are the best AFC team. I do. I think they're the most complete. Uh, in all realms. And I think also when you go into a game where Mahomes is not going to be able to move the way he typically does with that high ankle sprain, they've already beat him three straight times. I have no reason to think they can't this time around. Um, all right, the ref. Milk some cl- I milked some clock here to get to it. And this is the ref super chat. Sorry, my man. And I'm glad I caught you right before we end here. The ref says, all year felt like Dorsey just copy and pasted Dable's offense from last year and flipped a coin on what play to call. I will say this. A lot of times, the play calls, they don't necessarily seem to fit the situation of the game. And your coin flip point kind of makes sense to me. Because at times, like for example, yesterday, the third and two where Allen's throwing a 50-yard bomb along the sideline to Davis, it just kind of felt like Dorsey threw a dart at the wall and it hit, uh, it hit Gabe Davis vertical route. And then he calls it in. That I understand Davis dropped it and it should have been a catch and I get it. I get it. But the play should never have been ran. You couldn't move the ball all game. It's third and two. You have absolutely got to capitalize on every chance you get now. And I understand, okay, you want to take a chance with the knowledge you're going to go for it on fourth down. All right, fine. They punted it away. So if you know you're going to punt it away, you got to move the chains. You can't try to get the whole game back in one throw. Uh, all right. We enter into another off season. Guys, it was a great season to share with you. It truly was. A lot of fun. And I got a whole lot of love and a whole lot of appreciation for you guys, man. And nothing better than spending Monday nights with you. Just so much love and so much thanks to you guys. Uh, I really, it, it means the world to me. And um, I had an absolute blast hanging out with you guys every Monday night after each Bills game. But I'm not going anywhere. We're going to be doing these all year long. Like I said earlier, no offseason for BF. Uh, a lot of fun stuff coming down the pipeline. Different things. Try to keep the offseason fun and creative. You can only talk about mock drafts so much, so we'll have some fun things coming around uh, the corner here. But in the meantime, we'll be talking AFC Championship, NFC Championship, and Super Bowl without the Bills. We'll see what happens. Um Still football to watch, so there's that. Enjoy it, because even though we know the Bills aren't in it, yet in the same token, it's like enjoy football while you got it, because in three weeks, there's going to be no football at all, and that's the worst time of the year. Yeah, like the Bills Mafia, if you get USS. Uh, the USFL is starting in April. You're right. I'm actually kind of looking forward to that. One more super chat. Jack's coming in. How are we feeling about Bean's draft so far? His drafts, they've been, they've been great, right? Got to find a way to get the most out of these guys. Right? Ugh. I can't believe we're talking about draft. I can't do it. We'll do it some other time. Much love, everybody. Life goes on. We will prevail. One of these years is a wise 
or unwise men of Buffalo have always said, one of these years. I'll see you next week. Enjoy the rest of your week. Go Bills. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.